Hey baddies, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. So it is the day after St. Agnes's Eve, uh, the aftermath, if you will. <laughs> what didn't I dream about last night? Well, I can tell you the thing I did dream about was the person that I'm going to be with. Uh, I don't know where he is. He didn't get the memo. <laughs> I finally did the thing. He didn't show up. Um, so I don't know, maybe I did it wrong. Maybe there is no person, you know, there's not always a person for everyone in every lifetime and that's cool. But yeah, I, I didn't see a new person. I saw some old people, but we'll circle back to that in a second. Last night I had, I think I had more dreams than I've ever had. Uh, and they were hyper realistic. They were very intense and they were kind of scary. Uh, not scary. Like here's a monster coming after you. But like one of the dreams I had was that my Instagram had been deleted by Instagram. And when that happens, like you don't get it back. Well, you almost always don't get it back. And as you know, that's my livelihood. So, and that's how I'm able to travel and all of these things. So that was, um, real stressful. You know, when you're in a dream, when you're in a nightmare and you try to run and your body is like spaghetti, and like your legs don't work. That was me in the dream, except I kept trying to like type to Instagram, like, please reevaluate this. Why did this happen? And when I woke up, the first thing I did was like grab my phone. I'm like, okay, Instagram's still there. It was just crazy. So there was some magic going on last night because everything was intense and hyper-realistic and coming at me, coming at me, coming at me. But it wasn't anything I asked for. <laughs> Not at all. In fact, and I put black tourmaline under my pillow and um, I asked Archangel Michael to just kind of be present because, you know, anytime I work with any kind of energies, I just want to make sure that I'm protected because you never know what might try to sneak in while you're doing the good stuff. And in fact, I fell asleep and then I woke up maybe 45 minutes later and it was like dead quiet and it's never dead quiet because there's always some sound going on. Like my podcast will be on or I, I sleep. To, not my, I don't sleep to my own voice. Could you imagine if I just ran episodes of Bad Witch to fall asleep? Please commit me if I ever start doing things like that. But you know, other podcasts, that's what I fall asleep to. Uh, and it was just dead quiet in and out. And I do feel like something was present. It didn't feel bad or scary necessarily, but I did feel something was there. So maybe in the next few days, maybe he did come. Maybe I did have some kind of vision of him or her or they. And um, I just haven't quite processed it yet. But what I do know is that the very last dream I had it was like 20 of them, um, was one guy was my first boyfriend in kindergarten. I mean, not my boyfriend, that sounds so creepy. Not my boyfriend in kindergarten, but you know, when you're like babies in elementary school and in like pre-K, you're like, oh, your first crush or whatever. And, um, he was like the first crush I ever had. And he had a crush on me, but obviously we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend because we were five and that would be ridiculous and gross. Um, but he was in my dream. And I don't think I've talked to him in at least 15 years. Um, I saw him a few times when I was a senior in high school because his mom ran our PSR for Catholic school back when I was still doing that. Um, and, and I'm like talking so much mess. Like I didn't just talk about St. Agnes all last episode and I'm still talking about her night. Anyway. Um, yeah, but he was like the first, what, wait, hold on. I just had a revelation. He was the first guy I ever had like any kind of you know, like flirty, romantic feelings for, I mean, again, as a five-year-old, just 
any kind of like, that's my boyfriend, la la la, and having a crush on him. Um, actually, okay, it's all coming back to me now, much like Celine Dion. I, we met in, in kindergarten, but then we went to school together until like fourth grade. So from like five to nine, I think we did kind of have legitimate crushes on each other as we got older. Maybe that's why I'm processing it like that. I'm like, he was my first boyfriend, <laughs> except no kindergarten. But yeah, by the time you're in fourth grade, you really are starting to like understand your attractions to other people. And you know, if you like guys or if you like girls or you know, whatever it may be. So yeah. Uh, anyway, he was my first crush in that age group of being like that to that. And, um, yeah, so that's who I saw first in my dream. And there was a bunch of people there, people that I knew from high school and college and people that I like kind of knew romantic. Oh my gosh. Okay. As I'm talking about it, it's trying to come back to me more. Uh, there were three people. So the first one was the guy that I had like my first crush ever on. And then he was a police officer in my dream. I don't think he's a police officer in real life. I mean, I should go look if he is. I'm gobsmacked. I mean, I'm a better witch than I thought I was because I don't know what he does. Um, and he was just not what I wanted. Next. And then there is a guy that was like my first major crush in college uh, who I saw who was in my dream and nothing ever really came of that because I, I don't know. It's a whole thing. We don't have time for that. We have enough questions we have to answer in this episode. But, um, so yeah, he wasn't what I wanted. So, and he, he was kind of like a big period of my life. He was kind of the first fuck boy I ever dealt with. You know, that changes you as a person. You know, we all have our, that one guy that like messes up your brain for a little while and you have to unlearn all the things that you thought about yourself when you were dealing with them. So that wasn't what I wanted. And then the last person that was in that dream was Patrick, who was the guy I dated last. He was my boyfriend that I had when I started the podcast. And it was him. He had moved to America, which I don't know if he lives in America because I haven't spoken to him since March. Um, but he told me in the dream he was going back to Sweden and he said he was going to some Swedish town, which I don't know if I just imagined that if it was a real place. But he, it was him and we talked about why we broke up and that he, okay, if you haven't heard the episode, he ghosted me, but then I also ghosted him back kind of like he hadn't talked to me in a few days. And so if you don't talk to me for a few days, I'm single. That's how I look at it. Like communication is very important to me. And so I think at some point he may have tried to reach out to me, but he couldn't. Cause I was like, nah, I'm done with this. Like, I don't, I don't do that kind of thing. Um, so we talked about that in the dream and then he told me a lot of things about himself that he had changed to become the person that I wish he would have been at been when we were together. Uh, I don't want to like pull out any of his dirty laundry, but he, he, in my dream was the person that I wanted him to be even though I know that's not the person he was because, well, I mean, maybe he has made changes since last time we talked again, it's been almost a year, but, um, yeah. So, but then he wasn't the person I wanted either. So I don't know if maybe St. Agnes was closing off all of those chapters for me and showing me like the very first person I ever had feelings for to the last person I had feelings for. And we've kind of washed that away. So maybe something new's coming. I don't know. <laughs> maybe all of you saw the right person. Maybe you went to sleep and you saw the person you're going to be with. And you went to sleep and you saw your husband or fiance or partner or wife or whomever. And for me, you know, the baddest witch of them all, I got a therapy session. 
and we'll move on. So yeah, that is how my St. Agnes ritual went. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not disappointed. It would have been, you know, fun if it would have gone the way I wanted it to, but I feel like something important happened. And even, you know, as you can hear me talking it out, I'm kind of having revelations about it. So yeah, we'll see who, if there's someone, if they will show up next year, I don't know. I'm not in any rush. So I got time, <laughs> but yeah, that's how my St. Agnes Eve went. Uh, that last stream I feel like was really sick. Whatever, what, whatever showed up during that first period I fell asleep and that last segment of dreams that I had are important. All the stuff that happened in the middle, I don't know if that was just my brain being an overdrive because I was doing like a sleep related practice, but my Instagram is still there, <laughs> thankfully, because I have a really big campaign that's supposed to go up and your girl would be screwed if it disappeared. Okay. So I'm going to put a thread in the Facebook group where we can talk about all of our St. Agnes Eve uh, experiences. I hope you actually, huh? Okay. So, you know, we're swapping podcast networks. I hope you actually got to hear the episode because I think it was only up for three days. And then I finally got myself switched over to Anchor, which is going to be our new home, but the podcast disappeared in that time. And also because I finally figured out how to do it on the weekends. Um, it's not distributed on Apple yet, I think. So I don't even know if I'm going to be on Apple by the time this episode goes out. I'm talking to them right now. Um, yeah, we're just gonna have to cross that bridge when we get to it. I know that I am on at least six different platforms. I know Spotify for sure. So if for any reason I'm not on Apple tomorrow, you're not, hi, you're not listening to this on Apple. I'm sorry if you're not. We're still kind of working out the kinks. I will just drop the link for Spotify because you know, you can just listen to that for free. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I certainly don't pay for Spotify. I don't have it in me to pay 10 cents a month to not have to listen to 76 commercials that I just am so resentful every time they start <laughs> and I can listen to the podcast on there. So yeah, I will, I will make sure you'll get the episode, but hopefully by tomorrow we will have everything worked out because Anchor is great and they have been super responsive and I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Whoa, so far. Why? Goodbye voice. Um, yeah. That's, that's all of our business for the podcast, which, which has <laughs> taken over my life, but it'll be so worth it once we're really, really settled in our new home. Um, is there anything else I want to talk about at top? Oh, uh, last week before the episode fell off the face of the earth, a few people <laughs> reached out to me about the guest spot that I mentioned. So, um, two things. One, because I swapped over to Anchor, I can now put voice notes into the podcast, which is really, really exciting. So if you have something that you just want to share, if you have want to call in and leave a witch kid story, I probably should get a call in number. Someone remind me to do that. If you want to call in and leave a witch kid story about you or your kid, or if you have, um, there's, you know, something coming up and you have a specific expertise in it and you want to share about it, you can call in and leave a message about that. If you have a question you want to ask me and you want the coven at large to benefit from it, you can call and ask that. It's really cool. So now I can start dropping in voice notes. If you have anything you just want to share, any kind of anecdote, I am totally open to it. And if you are interested in being in an episode, there is no requirement. <laughs> I'm not going to make you do an interview or pass a test or, or anything like that. It's just, if you want to kiki about witch stuff, if you, again, feel like you have a certain knowledge or expertise or a skill in one area, especially if it's an area that I lack in, which is a lot of areas, <laughs> then you are more than welcome to come on and we can just have a good time. It's not that I'm looking for 
people to interview or people to come on and like ask questions, uh, answer questions for the audience. It's more that I just want to kiki and have fun and give y'all a chance to hear someone's voice besides mine. I think that the majority of podcasts that I like, I like them. How can I say this? I like solo podcasts a lot because I don't, I don't know. I just like to hone in on one person's voice. I told y'all I have those auditory issues and sometimes two people's voices can be a lot for me. The exception to that is the read because I just love them so much. They, they can do no wrong <laughs> to me. I adore them. But yeah, I really like to listen to single person podcasts, but then it's a really great treat when they do have a guest on. And also those episodes tend to be longer because it's, I mean, <laughs> I know it might not seem like it because I talk so much, but it can be hard to put together just an hour of a podcast. And I know sometimes y'all like to get the ones that are two and three hours. Oh my God. Could you imagine if I talk for three hours by myself? But I know sometimes y'all do like to get those two hour episodes and it's good if you have like a lot of cleaning to do or if you have a long flight coming up. When I see a three hour podcast come up because one of my favorites has a guest on and I know I have a flight coming up, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> this is everything I needed. It makes me so happy. So yeah, I just, I think it'd be a fun little format change for us. So there's no pressure. I'm not going to make you submit your resume. It's just for us to chat. And if you want to get your voice out there and you boys want it to be on a podcast, you know, I am totally open to that. It's just friends and witches and people in our coven having a good time together and creating content together. No, nothing more serious than that. So yeah, I hope that answers questions about me saying I'm going to start bringing people onto the podcast. And I might even do prompts now that I'm thinking about it where I'll post in the group and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing an episode on familiars. Would you like to come on and share your story? Or mm, I don't want to tell y'all what like episodes are coming up because I kind of want them to be a surprise. But there's two that I have in mind that I, when I say I'm not an expert on it, I mean I'm learning them currently. And I thought it would be fun if we could kind of learn them together. But it would be great to have a perspective on them of people that have done them for a long time, especially if it's something that you do in your family and was passed down to you. Um, because both of these things I consider to be passed down skills and I'm just trying to teach myself. So when the time comes, I may put out a specific call for that and just ruin it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just ruin the episode topic for the week. But then we'll get such a breadth of knowledge on it when someone comes on and talks about it. So yeah, I might put out ca casting calls. Okay. Can you tell I grew up uh, going to ballet school? I might put out certain prompts at times to say, just, do you want to send me voice notes about this? I would love to have them. Or do you want to come on and talk about this? Anyone an expert? Anyone, I don't know why I keep saying expert. You don't have to be an expert. Anyone passionate about this and want to talk about it? Um, but other than that, you can feel free to submit yourself. I'm very much making this sound like a casting process. I swear it's not at all. Okay, so I think that's all of our business for the week. And my traumatic as St. Agnes Eve. <laughs> Which, you know what, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, witchcraft is very layered. And I know from doing card readings that even though I might get some answers up front, there's so much more buried there that isn't immediately apparent. And that's why when I do readings, if I've done one for you, you know, I type everything out for you so that it's something you can revisit the next week and the next month and six months later because it's always revealing new things to you and it's not all going to happen immediately, you know, and you're going to be like, well, you know, Pele came up and I, at the time I didn't know what the hell she was talking about, but now it's a year later. I'm like, okay, girl, I got it. You know, that happens all the time. And so that's how I'm looking at this experience of it wasn't, it wasn't this immediate thing that I was expecting it to be and hoping for it to be, 
but it's something that's going to be a revelation for me over time because that's how witchcraft works a lot of the time. You get a little, I think, like taste. Witchcraft is such a tease. Like you get a little taste of it and you're like, that's delicious. I really want some more. And then it's like, no, <laughs> I think I'll give you a little bit more, but you got to wait. I don't know, nine months? Has that worked for you? Circle back and then we'll complete this whole cycle. And sometimes that can be years too. You know, I'm seeing things come to fruition now in 2020 that I swear I put out into the universe four or five years ago. It's just, it always, it runs us. We don't run it. You know what I mean? <laughs> the moon is our mom and witchcraft tells us what to do and we're never really in control of it. We might as well just accept it now. But we love it all the same. Uh, okay, so let's do our Patreon shoutouts. And then this is going to be an AMA Ask Me Anything episode. I got some really, really great questions. A lot of them are about witchcraft. And some of them are just, you know, more funsies. I mean, not that witchcraft isn't fun when it's not dragging us. <laughs> some are just to get to know me a little bit better. So if you ever wanted to do that, now's your chance. As if I don't tell you everything every episode anyway. Okay, so let's do our Patreon shoutouts. And then we will get started. Please excuse my click clacking around because I have to swap between different pages to make sure I have the new patrons that are signing up this month to start next month and then are continuing page pages, patrons. So it's going to be a little click clacking. Um, but a very special thank you to Brittany, Kim, Jamie, Melissa, Teresa, Sarah. I think that's it. Okay. So those are all of our new patrons. Thank you so much for signing up. It's so, so kind of you. And then to our returning patrons, we have Maria, Crystal, Maya, Aurora, Calla, Cassandra, Adam, Brent, already out of breath. Wow. Um, Kara, I think I saw an email from you come in and it's not, what's I saying? Kara? It's Kara, right? Let me know. I think I got it right that time, but drag me if not. <laughs> Kara, Kelly, Nalling, Ashley, Emily, Heidi, Jennifer, Ashley, Ashley. You know what I realized about the Ashleys too? I can't even just get through this without talking. Um, I can say Ashley H, Ashley P, and Ashley S. You know who I'm talking about. And then I don't have to like blow up your spot and say your whole name. Okay. <laughs> Lena, Alicia, Sam, Brandy, Sasha, Celine, Brad, Megan, Teresa, Amber, Elizabeth, Aaron, Carla, Shannon, Adrian, Amanda, and Vanessa. So thank you all so much. You know, you mean the world to me. You know, I could not literally do this podcast without you. Um, your support is just, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous that you're also kind and giving. And I, I would just give you all a kiss on the nose if I could. Okay. So let's go into our ask me anything. Okay. So I paused to go for a run. And when I got back, the sound level had adjusted itself somehow. And my voice was so loud. Like when I, I picked up to record again. So I think I corrected it. If it is just blasting out your speakers, I'm sorry. Uh, when I close out this one, and I start the new one. I will, it'll be fresh. It won't have any of the settings that I may have accidentally put in. But hopefully you're not like, remember those commercials where the guy sitting in the chair and the stereo is playing and his hair is getting blown back and like things are flying around the room. <laughs> hopefully that's not what you're experiencing right now. Or maybe you like me really loud. I, it's good. You know, if you're in the bathroom or the shower, I always do appreciate that. Anyway, so for the Ask Me Anything questions, y'all submitted 25, which is Amazing. I love that. I love that so many of you had questions and they're really thoughtful and wonderful. And uh, some are about witch stuff and some are about, you know, just other fun stuff to talk about. So if I'm going to see how many I can do in this episode, we might be able to get it all in, in an hour. If not, we'll put it into next week's episode. And I think I am going to talk about Medusa next week. I'm also traveling next week. You know how I just love to plan things out loud on the podcast? <laughs> 
but I am traveling next week, so, um, yeah, it, it, we'll see, we'll see how this week goes, and then we'll go on to something else, but we'll get all these questions answered, because I want to go through every single one. Oh, also, I was debating if I should use your names or not, but I know some of you are in the broom closet, so I am just not going to say anyone's name, but trust me, I saw your question, I appreciate it, shout out for submitting it, it really is really nice of you that you did it. Okay, so in no particular order, and I'm going to read the questions exactly as they were submitted because I guess it was too much work for me to pull the questions out. <laughs> hey, context is important, right? Um, I'm just going to go through high copy and paste them out of the Facebook group. So question number one, I know this isn't a problem for you, Mickey, but I would love to hear an episode about broom closet witches and ways we can practice without being out, so to speak. So... I could do a full episode on this if this is something y'all are interested in. Let me know for sure. Upvote, downvote. I don't know what that is. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I think I saw it on the internet somewhere. But um, yeah, it's not something that I have really dealt with. I have always lived every aspect of my life out loud and in color. <laughs> it doesn't matter how anyone else feels about it. As you know, I've said in other episodes, if someone doesn't pay your bills and if someone isn't like supporting your livelihood in some really fundamental way then their opinion of you is their business and it has nothing to do with you. That's for them to hold on to. Um, so if I were to do an episode, a full episode on that, I would need y'all to submit and kind of help me. But I think it's really important that we get away from the idea that a witch has to look a specific way or practice a certain way. You know, you don't have to walk around in the black cloak and the dress with a black, uh, I was going to say a black hat. Yes, a black hat, but a black cat on your shoulder wearing the pointed hat with a wand and bibbidi boppity booing through life. You know, was she a witch? Fairy godmother? I mean, fairy witch. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> but yeah, you don't have to have this really out loud practice. Maybe you were in the broom closet because you have to be. Maybe it's for your safety. Maybe it's because you are dependent on other people and they would not agree with it. Maybe it's because of where you are, where you were raised. Maybe it's just because you want to keep it to yourself. Witchcraft can be... And should be, I think, and to some extent at least, a very intimate and personal experience. So, you know, number one, take away any shame of being like, I don't look like the witches I see on Instagram or <clears throat> on different blogs or on YouTube. I don't look like them either. That was part of the reason that I started this podcast because I, the images I was seeing of like modern witches were always white women. And the diversity that I would see would be, like, one would be blonde, one would be a redhead, one would be brunette. <laughs> like, what? Like, okay, where do I fit into that? I, that that doesn't look like me. That doesn't represent me at all. And I think when we just particularly look at those images that don't represent people of color, that don't represent our male witches, that don't represent non-binary people, that don't represent people that are differently able, just, you know, this whole gamut of people that are excluded from this kind of aesthetic look, I think if we get too bogged down in that, then we feel like we aren't being witches the right way, which release that. That's not true. Um, and you, so you don't have to move through the world like that. You don't have to practice in that way where it is your whole identity. I think even in the first episode I said, we are all like this plus I'm a witch. Like a witch is who I am. It's not my whole entire identity. I'm a travel blogger. I am a fashion blogger. I am, do I do other things? I don't think so. <laughs> That's pretty much my whole life. But like that is that is what I do. And then this witch thing is also just a part of me, but it doesn't have to be everything in totality. So, you know, kind of remove the pressure from yourself first off about being in the broom closet if any of you do feel that way. As for how can you 
practice, I mean, anything, literally anything can be a ritual or can be a spell. Like thinking about your altar, you don't have to have this huge, you know, carved from wood and draped in velvet altar with all of your deity statues and candles and crystals laid out everywhere. You could have little tiny spaces, you know, wherever you can set them up, where you're, even in your own car, where, you know, no one else is going to get in your car, in your glove compartment. And, you know, no one's going to go in there and mess with anything. Who goes digging through the glove compartment unless, you know, God forbid you get into a car accident. And it can just be these little, little places for you to know that you're practicing and it's not, it doesn't have to be anyone else's business. No one else has to touch it or look at it or anything like that. I mean, keeping crystals in your pocket, keeping them in your bra, you know, <laughs> we're supposed to be doing that anyway. Um, lighting candles. You definitely don't have to get a hand carved candle that's anointed and full of crystals and uh, flowers and gives out this like crazy essence. Go to the store, get a white candle or red candle. If anyone asks, just say, oh, you know, I, I just like the aesthetic. You know, I just, I just thought it looks pretty on the table. So I wanted to put it there. It's not their business, what you're doing with it. Nothing, no one's, <sighs> I get so worked up about like people feeling like other people's business is theirs and that they are owed explanations for things because quite simply you are not, as long as you're not affecting anyone else in a major way, in a bad way, in a dangerous way, then whatever you choose to do is for you. It is not for anyone else. So if you want to light some candles, and, you know, place them on your dining room table and you have one, two, three. If you want to just have a trinket box and to anyone else, it just looks like a regular jewelry box, but you know, it's your manifestation box, then do that. You know, if you want to add herbs to your cup of tea in the morning or just bring, I mean, that probably is the best place is when you take your bath or your shower, hopefully no one is barging in on you in there. I mean, unless you have a really intrusive pet or a toddler, because <laughs> I know my dog tries to get in the bathtub with me all the time. We have to have a chat about boundaries at some point, but you know, that's a perfect place where you can sprinkle in your oils. You can sprinkle in your sea salt and your different herbs that you're working at and line the top with crystals. And in that space, you can practice privately. I mean, I don't know if there is a more private place than the bathroom. So maybe that's a good place to kind of center your practice, but yeah, set up little pockets of different places. It doesn't have to look like obvious witchcraft is kind of the thing I'm saying. Like, you don't have to dress like it. You don't have to look like it. It doesn't have to be this very, like, performative, obvious, <laughs> hello, I am a witch thing. So just find the little routines that work with you. If you can go out and you, you're kind of hiding it from people that are in your home, perhaps, or nosy neighbors, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure what your situation is, <clears throat> then take some time to escape if you can. I, don't, I mean, not escape, like, you know, dramatically turn and never look back. But I mean, you know, just go out and take a walk by the lake or by the river that might be closest to you. Hopefully there is some body of water or just into the woods. And you can sit and you can bring your tools there and you can practice it. it I don't want it to be something where you feel like, if you aren't doing it in this very, again, performative, obvious way, then it doesn't count for anything because it absolutely does. So don't be ashamed of being in the broom closet. Come out at your own pace if you ever feel like you want to come out or just come out to the people you are you feel safe doing it to and then everyone else, you know, not their business. But you, I, I promise you, you're already practicing in ways that you're not even aware of because you're, you might be overthinking it. Um, even if you just put a crystal under your pillow, if someone comes around and they're like, what's that all about? Or if you put lavender under your pillow, just be like, oh, well, I don't sleep well and the smell helps me. You know, you don't owe anyone an explanation for who you are and what you're doing, but people are nosy. <laughs> and if you don't, if you are not, if you are sharing your bed with someone, they might discover something. But more times than not, I also find that people are super self-involved. And if it really 
doesn't have anything to do with them, they won't care that much. They'll just be like, oh, that that's a really pretty candle. Where'd you get it? And then you'll be like, oh, I got it at, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, wherever. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, so try not to overthink it. Definitely don't feel ashamed for being in the closet. And please don't put any pressure on yourself because there are, I'm sure, thousands and thousands and thousands of witches who are. Hope that helped. Okay, question number two. I have a question for the episode. Well, it's two part. I bought a candle to get rid of hexes, bad luck, and bad energy. I burned the candle all the way through, and normally I know I'd bury what remains in the jar. However, I live in Wisconsin, and it's winter. So, whew, yo, I hope you're doing okay. I can't imagine having to, like, deal with those kind of temperatures and snow. Um, shout out to you. <laughs> so do I bury it uh, in a potted plant in my house until spring or in or in one of my dead potted plants outside? Also inside the candle was an Apache tear. I assume it's absorbed the negativity I'm trying to get rid of, so I should also bury the crystal as well and not keep it right. It's so hard for me to get rid of crystals. Oh, well. I know. Okay. Um, I have never been one to bury things, and it has it's no, like, witchy reason. I just don't like getting dirty. <laughs> what I have done with crystals... Actually, um, yeah, I won't bury things, but... Uh, when I am in Louisiana, there are like a lot of swampy areas and a lot of trees that have like knotted areas in them. So if something is something I can return to the earth, like a crystal or like, um, you know, a bundle that I've been smudging with or anything, I will just place it like in the knot holes, if that makes sense. But usually I return things to water. So I will put crystals into water. Anything that obviously isn't going to like affect the natural flora and fauna. Listen to me. I took environmental science in seventh grade of the area. So yeah, I am, I'm not a big one on burying things. I'm a big one on like setting it adrift. <laughs> so I mean, potted plant really might be your best bet. Also, I, the, my instinct is telling me that I would put all the materials into a plastic bag and like seal it off with wax maybe and then put it in your freezer and like freeze yourself from the negativity that's been collected into everything that you like burned and worked with and then you can dispose of it how you want when it's not like frozen solid outside. So yeah, that's what my my into witch shine is telling me to do. Uh, I would even maybe write a little incantation or a little, um, uh, something to just seal it and lock it. That's why, that's why I said wax initially, because I'm thinking like you need to seal it off and put it down there so it can just kind of freeze itself. I would say go outside and bury it in the snow, but I know once snow melts, it'll be like, Hey girl, I'm here the whole time. So don't do that. So yeah, I would, you know, kind of just like any, um, food that you need to get rid of for a while, we can't put it outside yet. I would just put it in the freezer. I would seal it off and I would maybe write just a little thing on the outside to say, you know, like your work is done and this is where you'll remain until I can return you to the earth. But potted plant is a way to go. I don't see anything wrong with the things that you said you were thinking about doing, honestly. Um, I am a little... I'm not concerned about the Apache tier, but I do know that they like absorb so much and I would want to get that out of the house if possible. So if there's anywhere you could dispose of that away from you, I would do that. I don't know. I, I'm assuming the whole world in Wisconsin is frozen over right now. But if there's somehow a body of water you can return it to, I would do that. But if not, I would just put it all in the freezer and seal it so it can't basically re-release any of the stuff that you've done all the work to suck up and cut into put into, put into, <laughs> what is put, into that Apache tier. Um, but yeah, let me know what you went with. 
Uh, you could even really wrap up the, well, that would be like 18 extra steps. I really just like the freezer for some reason. I don't know. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting the freezer and the candle wax. And definitely I would seal it with a white wax. Yeah. Okay. Let me know how that goes. Let me know if what you end up doing with that. Okay. Whew, this next one. My roommate has some kind of entity attached to him and we need to get rid of it because it feels like a malicious spirit. We have both always had experiences with spirits, but never like this. I made black protection salt with my blood to add potency and I've been smudging the hell out of my house. It doesn't take long after smudging to return. Any tips to get rid of this thing? So y'all know I don't deal with spirits. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't do it at all. My first question is, are you using um, white sage to smudge? I stopped working with it a while ago and not just kind of for the cultural appropriation-y reasons, but also because I was finding that it was opening things up instead of um, taking things down and releasing them. So the trick I learned if you are using white sage, and I don't know if I've ever actually said this, is that you have to burn the piece that you're using all the way through. It has to come to a completion because if it doesn't, it is going to just stir everything up and then it's stirred up and that's it, you know? So you have to burn it all the way down for things to be released. So if you are using white sage, I would try to find something else, um, something particularly that works with removing spirits with exorcism. Oh my gosh. What it's, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Is it catnip that works for exorcism? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I will, I will look at up if you need me to. I know, I know who, I know you know who submitted this question. So if you want me to look it up for you, I will help you find something. Um, but I know there definitely are a few that work with like removing bad energies with negative energies and with exorcism. And that might need to be what you go with. This is how I deal with that personally, which is, I don't deal with it. As you all know, I, um, <clears throat> the few incidents I have had, I will very plainly just state, you are not welcome here. You have to go. And I know we've talked about before in other episodes and like with talking about protection stones and things that it, it kind of can be this teetering of like, should I acknowledge it because that will give it power or should I not acknowledge it? So it will try to like dissipate on its own. I find that just, it's kind of like dealing with a guy that won't leave you alone. If he's sending you 800 text messages, he's calling you 400 times, you know, you're, you're getting really uncomfortable. He's showing up where he's not supposed to be. And you know, I've been watching you. So it's in the top of my mind. There is at some moment where you have to, I mean, like legally, and if you're trying to build a case against this person, there is a moment where you have to send them some form of communication that is written down, a text message, an email, whatever that says, this is not welcome. You have to stop. If you contact me again, I will be contacting the police because you have to establish that you have told that person to stop. So I kind of think the same way with negative spirits or any spirits you just don't want to deal with. You have to establish some kind of connection to make your intention known, which is you are not allowed here. You got to get the hell out of here. Now for me personally, and you know, I always say, I don't think that you have to be religious at all or be any, in any particular religion to work with angels. I 100% of the time will call an Archangel Michael 100% of the time. I don't have a particular spell I used to invoke him. Um, and answering some of these questions, I think over the course of this podcast, y'all have gotten a gist that I, don't necessarily always deal in spells. I just deal in exact words. I, I just speak a lot of this out loud because that's what I'm comfortable with. And also, I don't feel like you need the spell cadence to make a spell effective. It doesn't hurt. It's, it's fun to do it that way also. 
but I don't have a spell. I'll just say, Archangel Michael, I need you here. This is what's happening. Please remove this, protect this house, protect these people inside and out, you know, whatever it is that I need. And I promise you, I have been using this. I don't know if I ever told y'all the story of when I was living in Brooklyn, just child. Um, I was living in Brooklyn and it's before Brooklyn was like hipster paradise like it is now. It was, my train was the M. And if you have ever lived in New York, you know what that means. It was, it was just rough go. And, um, there were, I don't know if it was me when I was in New York because I was just miserable or if it was because New York just has such an intense history kind of the same way that New Orleans does. But I had started to have different visitations from energies. I don't think any of them were malevolent or negative, but anytime I feel a spirit around, I don't like it. I go into fight or flight mode. Like all of my hair stand up. I just do not like it at all. So I am like, none is welcome here. But I had an incident where I had a really, really bad night and I woke up and there was a face maybe two or three inches from my, my face. And it was, I'm convinced it was an angel at this point, or it was an ancestor or something like that, because the face was telling me it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. But I don't like that. <laughs> like, I want your connect. I want your messages to me to be in signs and symbols. I do not want them to be in my face. So um, that happened. And then I had moved to Washington Heights not too long after that. And something something else along those lines had happened. I can't remember what. And just through friends, I'd ended up, I ended up going to this woman who was a hairstylist and she was a witch. And she is like the first witch that I ever met in person now that I'm saying it out loud. Aside from like people in my family. And so she is a white witch. She had very like Stevie Nicks vibes. She was awesome. And her nickname was Angel because this theme of angels just never stops in my life. And she came up to me like in the, I think I was like under the dryer and she was like, so you're a witch. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am actually. And she was like telling me all of these things, you know, your great grandmother's with you. She's one that's guiding you or it might have actually been my great aunt who I think I'm actually closer connected to. And she was telling me all these things. And she was like, did you have an encounter with something? Have things been bothering you? And I was like, yeah, actually. And I told her these stories and now that they were bothering me, I was bothered by it because again, I don't do spirits. And so she's the one that told me about Archangel Michael. And the example that the story she told me about why she like believed in his presence is that she had had a face show up in her wall and she said she would scrub it and bless it and it would go away for a few days and then it would reappear. And once she brought Archangel Michael into it, then she finally got rid of it. I don't know what that face was. I saw pictures of it. I didn't see it in person. I don't want to see it in person. No, I, no, thank you. But I, so I always jump to that step. I don't really, I mean, <laughs> the thing that just popped into my head is like, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call Archangel Michael? I don't try to smudge it out. I don't try to uh, like, you know, perform a ritual. I don't try to burn black. I call Archangel Michael every single time. I'm just, I'm going to the last step because I don't, I'm very, very, very careful about the spirit thing. And part of it is my background and knowing how much they are around my family and how sensitive people of my like culture can be to it. I just don't want to mess with it. And also growing up Catholic does not help because all you ever hear about is like exorcisms and things like that. And I used to love scary movies. And so I've just jumbled my brain and scrambled it in so many ways about stuff like that. So good or bad, it's just something that I choose to not deal with unless it is an angel or a deity 
And so, yeah, Archangel Michael, I jump to him every time. Do not be afraid to invoke him. It has nothing to do with being Catholic or not, Christian or not. He, angels, you know, exist to protect us and to guide us and to be there for us. That's why you hear these stories where someone's like, yeah, I was in a really bad car accident and someone pulled me from the car and I just saw this figure and then no one ever saw them. You know, that's what angels are for. Do not be afraid to call on him. That is what I do. So if you feel comfortable, go for it. We've gone through three questions and it's been 40 minutes. I just noticed that. Um, but yeah, anything, black turmoil, just, you know, get every black stone you can. I would make a crystal grid out of it. Um, but... I, you know, sometimes you got to call in another energy. And so I, I would go with him. Good luck that ugh, I hate that feeling. I mean, not not even just in the spirit world, but just getting not being able to get rid of anything that you want to be rid of that you feel like has bad intentions for you. That is just not fun at all. So yeah. Um, let me know how that goes if you choose to try that route. Um, anything else? You could definitely if you haven't done any, we well, said you made a protection salt. If you can get your hands on some brick dust, I would try to line the doors and the windows of everything. So nothing that you may have gotten rid of can enter back in. Um, I'm wondering, see, have you been messing with a Ouija board at all? I'm wondering if there's like a portal open somehow and you'd have to close that. And honestly, for something like that, you have to go to a psychic medium that deals with those kinds of things or like a witch that deals with those kind of things particularly. Um, keep me posted and I will ask some of my other witch groups and see if I can find someone that may be able to seal it off for you because I did have an incident happen a few months ago that I really, 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 really didn't like and Michael did handle it for me. But before he did, I did kind of seek out other resources and people that may have been able to handle it for me remotely um, because what was happening, I, I didn't even, I, I don't know what it was and I didn't have a name for it, but I just know that I didn't like it. So yeah, keep me posted. We will figure this out together. Okay. On to something not witch related. Um, for the ask me anything, I know this isn't really witchy at all, but I would love to know details of how you plan travel, what sites, apps, how far in advance, things like that. I haven't been able to travel internationally up to this point and I really don't know where to start. Okay. I love this question. Thank you for submitting it. And also I kind of want to do a travel podcast, but I don't have time. Um, <laughs> but if any of you would be into me doing something like a short episode thing on the side, let me know. I might do like a little small series because I love talking about travel. Um, so I am a points queen. <laughs> I, I love a point like Y'all, I love free things. I love points. I love deals. I love a coupon. So I plan everything through the Expedia app. Not sponsored. I actually have a, uh, let me, yeah, not sponsored, by the way. I have applied to some campaigns with them and they've never hired me. So like, it's fine, whatever. But I do like them because they typically have a 24 hour cancellation window um, when you book something. And I am one to like, I'm a very spur of the moment person, as you probably have ascertained by now. So I will book something the next to be like, nah, I changed my mind or be like, oh, I found it for $30 cheaper. I'm not kidding. I just canceled and rebooked two trips because I wanted to save $100 total out of like $1,000. But hey, $100 in the pocket is something you can use on your trip, right? So I typically use Expedia. Um, I find that they just have really good prices on flights as well. And also I have the Chase sapphire reserve card and the portal that they use through chase is powered by expedia so i just like to do everything in one place i used to really like priceline but i stopped using it because they don't give you points as far as i remember it's been a while and i used to also use i used to use priceline a lot for flights and i used hotels.com uh, hotels for hotels 
but obviously, but Priceline didn't have any like kickback points and hotels was this program where like, if you stay for 10 nights, you get one night free, but I'd rather collect the points through Expedia and then spend them how I see fit as opposed to being like, Oh, I'm going on a four day trip and one night is free out of it. Like that doesn't do that much for me. And, um, I also, if I can't help it, I only fly Delta or Delta's affiliates. You know how people will like love an airline with all their heart and they'll also hate one to the depths of their soul and be like, I will never fly that again. <laughs> Although sometimes you can't help it. Um, I just love Delta, even though they did lose my bag. Uh, when I went to Lisbon last year, I am blaming Mercury retrograde for that. I am not blaming Delta and they did take care of it. I did have to curse them out for about 48 hours straight, but after that it was good, but I really enjoy their service. I am just impressed by them over and over. I feel like they have a great safety record. They are, um, they're in the same alliance, with like some really great international airlines. So, and I, I love their sky miles program and I will hopefully get a crew enough between that and my points. Cause I said points queen that I will be able to start traveling business class. Cause let me tell you something when I was 21 and 22 and flying 10 hours to Europe, no problem at 32. Uh, -uh my back is out of commission. I have to sleep for like the first two days of the trip. So I can't do it anymore for, um, yeah, you said international. So yeah, I'll just talk about international, but yeah, Expedia and Delta are my two go-tos pretty much. Um, if you are traveling on an international airline, I really love Air France. They have the best breakfast I've ever had in my entire life. And I don't mean on an airplane. I mean, just in my entire life. It's so good. I had a croissant coming back from France one time where I was like, is this for real? Am I hallucinating this because I'm so tired? Or is this the best thing I've ever had? But then I was talking to people that were on the flight with me and they were like, that's the best croissant ever. So I love Air France. Um, KLM, I haven't flown with them. Oh, actually, I will be in a couple of, in like six weeks. So I will report back. Um, I've heard great things about them. European airlines are tough, man. They have great safety records. They have great food. They have a great standard of service. I flew um, Korean Air recently when I went to Bali. They were amazing. I like Virgin Atlantic. They have a bar when you first walk onto the plane. If you're flying international, well, at least on the plane I was, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> if you're flying to Greece, I really like Aegean Air. They have these little hard candies you get and they're so yummy. I always take like 20 of them. <laughs> and um, really, you know, just speaking about international travel, one of my biggest tips, two of my biggest tips are please always be nice to the people that are working in like the customer service of the airline because they are not only so appreciative because they have to deal with like the literal trash of the world because people are so terrible to them, but they are happy a lot of the times to treat you real well on that flight if you come on and you are gracious and courteous. And you know, we should all just be gracious, gracious and courteous and polite generally, but um, on airlines and dealing with like just the ticket desk and the gate agents, like there's no need to curse them out. It's not their fault that there's bad weather. There's not their, it's not their fault that the plane is delayed. There's technical issues to like, you know, be cool because really, I mean, you should just be a good person, but also they really are appreciative and take care of people that are not acting like assholes. <laughs> and something else that I do, especially for international travel is I will pack little like goodies for the flight attendants. I, um, I used to be friends with this girl whose sister was a flight attendant. And then I made friends with a flight attendant when I was in Bali. And they both told me that flight attendants really, really appreciate if you bring, you know, just little sundries. Sundries? Is that what a sundry is? I'm never sure. <laughs> so I'll pack like a little hand sanitizer. I'll pack like little chocolates, like, you know, a 10 or $15 Starbucks gift card. And I'll just get enough that I generally think that, or, you know, and there's 
you can look up lists. I actually might do a YouTube video about this, but, um, there's this online of like all kinds of stuff that you should bring and you're able to bring. And it's just, they work really hard and they do appreciate it. And I think it is kind of a thankless job. Like the perks are great. I think being a flight attendant would be, is what I would be if I wasn't doing what I do now. Hell, I still might do it at some point. But um, it's pretty thankless, man. You really do have to deal with the worst people. <laughs> and I know because I see people being the worst on airlines. So if you are going for your international flight, it will make it sweeter for them and sweeter for you if you pack a little gift for them like that. Um, what else did you ask? How far in advance a month? That's not normal. That's just because of my job and my lifestyle. Please give yourself more time. It's okay to plan three to six months ahead to start just putting your plan together. I have heard that the most ideal time to buy tickets for an international flight is six weeks ahead of time. I The shortest I have bought was when I was dating my ex and I was going to Sweden for the first time. I bought it within like two weeks and it was like, I think it was like fifteen or $1,600, which was not good. Ooh, that was not good. I was very upset about that. But, you know, so I'm going to Portugal again for my birthday, and I got my ticket about eight weeks ahead of time, and I got it for 800 which is pretty damn decent unless you're coming from a major airline like LAX or LaGuardia or JFK where you can usually get them for, like, 400 or 500 depending on when you look, which is obviously better than almost 900 but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll earn it back somehow. Um, but, yeah, I do about a month because I just kind of pick a place and decide to go, or a place will reach out to me, and then I will make the decision to go. And also just, I find just with my personality, it's hard for me to say what my life will look like in six months or in, I know people that book a year ahead if they'd like. And for me, that doesn't really make sense because I don't know where in the world I'll be. I don't know what my life is going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to be working on. And so I can't necessarily make long-term plans, but do whatever works for you. A month is not enough time to plan an international trip unless you are used to it. Don't stress yourself out. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Yeah, so I mean, I, I answered the, the particular, the specific questions that were in your question. But if you have any other questions, please DM me anytime. I love talking about travel. It makes me so happy. That's why I picked it, even though it cost all my money. And that's why I'm a points queen, because you can try to earn it back a little bit. <laughs> all right, next question. Here's my question. Can I switch zodiac signs? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a fellow Pisces, and but I cannot identify with literally any of the poly qualities of Pisces. I border Pisces Aries March 19th and I 100% a thousand percent resemble the qualities and traits of an Aries. Okay so we've talked about this before and like your moon sign is really important your ascendant sign is important. I definitely identify more as a Scorpio than a Pisces. Also <laughs> fellow Pisces out there let me know if you feel this way. Don't you feel like you kind of don't want to be a Pisces because we are so like <laughs> the like drippy sad sad cry babies of the zodiac. You're like man I mean I like aspects of being a Pisces. I love like the creativity that comes with it. I love the intuitiveness. I think I'm a better witch because I am a Pisces. I love the dreaminess of it. So I definitely, I mean, I am a Pisces through and through. Lena, our astro witch, one time was like, girl, you are such a Pisces. Like, what are you talking about? Because I was talking about what a Scorpio I feel like. And she was like, no, babe. Or, you know, and sometimes I really feel like I'm a fire sign more than anything especially because of my obsession with fire. I was burning um, stuff right before I started recording because <laughs> that's normal. Well, it's normal for us. For us. Um, but yeah, it's not even just those three signs too. It's where everything falls in your chart. That's what determines you. I know we get really stuck on this sun sign thing because 
it's what's in the cultural vernacular for us. It's, you know, pop culture. It's like, what's your sign? What's your sun sign? But we have started getting into people being more aware of the other parts of their chart. And I did a, I can't remember if it was a bonus episode. And if it was, I will re-record it and put it as a main episode where I talked about every aspect of the chart and not just your sun, your moon, and your ascendant. Because I know I did do that in the what's your sign episode. So if I didn't do that yet, I will make that a full episode. Y'all let me know. But I think, yeah, it's whatever you feel like you are aligned with. You know, you don't have to, I mean, can you change your birthday and say I'm no longer a Pisces? No. <laughs> but can you look at other parts of your chart to see how it works with your personality? Yeah. And I do have days where I'm like, I feel like such a Pisces, but most of the time I do feel like my ascendant sign. I am... The Scorpio is Scorpio a lot of the time. And it makes sense because that's my ascendant. So that is like what I'm presenting to the world. And that's a lot of who I am. I feel like, you know, even though I'm a cancer moon on the inside, I just, I just cry and cry and cry. <laughs> no, but yeah, you don't, I don't think you have to be pigeonholed with that just because you happen to be born then. There's different placements in your chart. And if you, you haven't had a chance to look up your entire chart, I know in the CoStar app, it'll pull it up. And that's actually where I got my information about all the different placements because Lord knows, I, I still haven't figured out what trine means. Um, you know, despite y'all explaining it to me 600 times, it's just, it does not compute. But uh, if you do have the CoStar app, you can, I think in Pattern app too, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can put in your birthday and time of birth and place and all that. And it'll give you all your placements and also what they mean. So it might make more sense to you when you look at all that. But yeah, sun sign isn't everything. If you want to claim something else, babe, you go for it. Okay, next question. I remember mentions of an infamous red dress. <laughs> I forgot I talked about that. I definitely want to hear a story and I'm curious what your current fashion faves are. Oh, and any um, special witchy pieces or accessories you love to rock. So I had this red dress. <laughs> it was so infamous that like a couple of my best guy friends, they would be like, oh, are you going to wear the red dress tonight? Or like, oh, she had on the red dress. Like it became a topic of discussion because it just worked like a charm. And I think there are certain things like that where we are very, things we connect with things that are meant to be ours. I do feel like red is my power color. I feel like I am a most vibrant and like beautiful and sexual in the sense of like sexual attractiveness to others. When I wear red, it just really, really works for me. I feel like I'm a badass when I wear red, but this particular dress, I don't know. It was just like touched by some kind of magic because I was just pulling dudes left and right. Like I was just gorgeous and stunning and so attractive and I've never been there before or since. I don't know what happened to that dress. I need to find something else like that. But I really do feel like certain, certain outfits and accessories we come into contact with do have magic attached to them somehow and they just connect with us. I remember also I had, um, it was also red because I told y'all that's my power color. I had this piece from a dance recital that it was like a hair piece that went around your bun. And when I put that thing on, I could do triple turns. I could dance better in point than I ever did. I could do all of my splits. I was more flexible. But I don't, I don't know what it was. And I would have worn it every day for the rest of, I mean, I think at some point I was trying to figure out if I could like cut it into pieces and like sew it into my leotards or something. So I'd always have it with me. It was just one of those pieces where everything synced up. And I don't know, I think we do come across that, those kind of things in life, like a lucky jacket, you know, or a lucky pair of boots where you put it on and everyone's like, girl, you look amazing. Your ass looks great. Like your skin is clear. What is going on? You know, you're killing it at work. You get a promotion. There's just things like that. And I, I love when we finally connect to them. 
because who doesn't need a little good luck charm in their life, you know? But I think it's something that really is just charmed. So yeah, I'm on the hunt for one now. I haven't... Oh, actually, I do have this new dress that is this blue denim three people dress. And every day that I've worn it, which has been most days because I don't have to wear a bra with it, which is my favorite thing, um, someone compliments me on it. It doesn't quite have the like vibrant, intense power that the red dress had, but there is something serenely powerful about it, which I like, but I am looking for like a balls to the wall red thing to bring back into my life. Um, as for my fashion favorites, so you know, I started as a fashion blogger. I still do it to some extent before I um, went into travel blogging as my like primary niche. Um, so I'm going to tell you my favorite designers and also things I just am liking right now. I'm obsessed with loafers. I cannot get enough of them. I got these black crocodile embossed loafers from Lulu's and, uh, they don't fit. <laughs> they don't fit. If you ever buy Dolce Vita brand shoes, get the next size up because they are cut very small. But I have worn those things until my feet were literally bleeding and I will not give them up. Um, I'm really into the resurgence of Doc Martens. I got some fur lines. Well, not fur. I would never wear fur. Let's just put that out there. Um, and I don't think anyone should, honestly. But they're like faux fur line Doc Martens. And oh, they're delicious. I just want to wear them for the rest of my life. I mean, I would wear them on my wedding day if I believed in marriage. Um, so yeah, I love the resurgence of Doc Martens. I'm really into like pleats always. I love a pleated skirt. I love a maxi dress. I only wear dresses. I don't wear pants unless it is a suit. I love a suit, especially on a woman. If you've ever seen Zendaya in a suit, you should just... I don't know, bow down because she looks immaculate. I love a woman in a suit. So I am starting to come around on that. Um, what else? I always just really like like flowy gowns. I do have a really bohemian sensibility to me. Um, I love a lot of color. I love a lot of prints. Um, yeah, that's kind of because I'm thinking about like what I'm packing for my upcoming trips. I am going through a major coat phase where I cannot get enough of them. I love a plaid coat, a faux fur, like in a really vibrant color. I do not like trench coats. I never have. I never will. <laughs> I hate um, open-toed boots and booties. I think they're counterintuitive. I don't understand their purpose at all. I used to love Christian Louboutin. Now I think he is very tacky and I don't enjoy any of his designs. I think it just is something that got like worn into the ground. I love Louis Vuitton for all of my accessories. I do like some of their clothing. Here's my issue with major fashion houses right now. Cause I used to like Stan made like big fashion houses like Fendi and Gucci and Pucci and Prada. Well, I wasn't really a big fan of Prada. Um, I was like a fan of Prada in the nineties. And I think that's only because Prada backpacks were so ubiquitous. <laughs> like I, I never was really a big fan of Prada. Um, but my issue with major fashion houses right now is that I feel like they're really like coming down to the common, least most common, least common denominator where they're making things that have no imagination or no, they're not creative. There's no inventiveness. Is inventiveness a word? I don't know. Um, behind them. And they're really just putting their name on everything and then people are just buying it up. And I do blame my people, the influencer and YouTuber generation for getting a lot of money at a young age and then just showing it off in this really ostentatious way, which is not my style. Like I do have some Louis Vuitton pieces and obviously they're all stamped, but there is a certain vintage aesthetic to that that I really like. But yeah, just like a normal sweater that has Balenciaga printed all over it and you're paying $2,000. Like no. And Gucci tracksuits. And I, I think that fashion should be a little more sophisticated and a little quieter than that. And you have to look at a designer to know what it is. So yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of like Gucci Prada 
anymore. Louis Vuitton is starting to lose me a little bit. I, oh God, I just love their bag so much. Um, it's just such nice quality. And also I just want a Louis Vuitton trunk with all of my heart and soul. If it costs me all the money that I ever make, I'll just put, um, some blankets in it. I'll sleep in that. It'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, as someone who was very obsessed with fashion in like the 90s sense and like the supermodel era, I, I live and die by like Christy Turlington and Naomi Campbell and Evangelista to this day. I love them so much. I am obsessed with supermodels. And I mean like that period of it. I, I don't know who these people are on the runway. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with Gigi Hadid. I mean, she's a lovely girl. She's beautiful. But even Kaya Gerber, who's Cindy Crawford's daughter, you know, lovely girl, but she, none of them have the thing that all of those girls had when they were shooting with like her Brits and Patrick DeMarshall, yay. And they were just everything. I, I love them so much. And I think it was my love of the models that got me into fashion. And, you know, just seeing old like Lacroix and Gautier and when Galliano was at Dior, even though Galliano is so problematic and deserved to be fired for what he did. And old Chanel, and when Gianni Versace was still designing before Donatello took it over, you know, because of his unfortunate death, it was just different. It was just glamorous and it was big and it was artistry and it was creative and it wasn't just slapping your logo on something to sell, you know, to mass produce and to sell to people because they think wearing a label means something. So, and then I can also go into this whole thing about Anna Wintour and how she ruined Vogue because she started putting celebrities on the cover and took it away from being fashion and made it into like, again, this mass market thing, but I'm not going to start with all that. But yes, I think Anna Wintour should be replaced immediately. And if you want to see really good editions of Vogue, look at literally any other country because that's still about art and editorials and, and something that's to aspire to and not just like Reese Witherspoon and Taylor Swift on their fifth cover when they contribute nothing to fashion at all. Anyway, so I'm going to get out of the fashion thing. But, uh, oh, and some of my like current favorite designers, um, really, I just love anyone doing anything inventive. Uh, Victor and Wolf has always been a favorite of mine. Um, Margiela, who else do I like right now? Um, I used to love Marc Jacobs. I'm not really impressed with what he's doing anymore. Um, Anna Sui is an old school favorite of mine. I used to love Provincia Schuller, but then they fall. I don't know. There's, I, I don't know. A lot, a lot of my favorites fall off. Oscar de la Renta was like the holy grail to me for a long time. But then when he passed away, it, it didn't deliver like it used to. And then Alexander McQueen, who I don't know if anyone alive has ever, done or will be able to do what McQueen did. And I mourn his loss every day. And he, he was just the most talented and most, the most like different and magical designer I think we've ever had. And uh, I think it's Sarah Burton that's at McQueen. She does well, but it just doesn't have, none of it has the drama anymore. That is what I miss. I just miss the drama of it all. So yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a thousand designers that are flipping my mind right now, but that is my fashion roundup. <laughs> but yeah, Anna Wintour needs to be replaced. Okay. Anyway, um, I have a few. What's, you, what's your favorite witchy holiday and do you celebrate them all? Do you work with the gods as well as the goddesses and, and somewhat of a loaded one? What's your view on the horn god and the triple goddess? Do you feel that all deities are extensions of them? Or they're their own separate thing. Um, okay, I'll do the last one first. I think Horn God and Triple Goddess are their own separate thing. I, uh, okay, this is kind of hard to explain. Uh, you know, if you grew up Catholic, you know about the Trinity, right? So this is my really basic way of explaining it. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then 
they are all separate entities, but then they're all also the same. And that is literally the best I can explain it. There was someone in my PSR class when I was like 16, who could do this like beautiful lyrical spiel about how they all weave into each other, but they're all their own force. I can't do that. It's something that a lot of people are like, what when they hear about it, either like within the church itself, or just being explained for some whatever reason like this. It doesn't really make sense. But that is how I look at triple goddess and horn god is that they are their own thing, but then they're also a part of everything. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Um, but I guess the, I, I guess the simple answer would be like, yes, I believe them to be their, their own separate thing. Uh, and for favorite witchy holiday, uh, Samhain. Yeah, I love Samhain. And Yule is probably my second favorite. I don't celebrate all of them, but it's just because I um, am a bad witch. It's not <laughs> because I don't want to, that I don't care about all of them, that I don't have reference for all of them, that I don't think they're all important. It's just that honestly, like, it'll pass and I'll be like, oh, whoops. I, whoops. <laughs> I totally missed it. You know, it's easy for me to keep track of the summer and winter solstice. It's easier for me to keep track of um, Samhain, but literally just because I'm traveling all the time and I'm busy in like very weird ways and I keep a weird schedule. It's how I miss, I miss St. Agnes's Eve for uh, 20 years because it would just pass and I'd be like, ah, oh, shit. So it's something that I am trying to get better about. And it's, you know, I just, I've always had a connection with Salwin and being a witch kid and you're spooky. And so that's one that you gravitate to the most, I think. And you'll, I think those two are my favorite because as much as I am like a very bubbly person who enjoys being like, in the out in the world and experiencing things and you would think I'd be more aligned with um <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> there goes my voice with um uh summer solstice and with like Ostara I really am like a moody girl <laughs> I love some rain I love being in the house I love some apple cider I love being under a blanket you know I just love being in that state and I love being inside away from the cold and like generating warmth inside so I think that's why Sal and Annual are like two of my favorites and the ones that I really pay attention to yeah although summer solstice also I always have like the best intentions about celebrating it but then it's just really hot and so I don't go outside <laughs> Because y'all know me. I hate sweating. I hate being really, really hot. Like when I was with um, my ex-boyfriend, who's coming up 18 times this episode, but you know, relevant stuff. He lived in Sweden. And so they have midsummer, like, like midsummer, like D1. And I was there when it happened, but we ended up not going. Uh, I can't remember why, what happened. But that would have been the one time where I think I would have been really down to like dance around the maypole and put on my flower crown and like, you know, get it going for the, for the longest day of the year. But other than that, if I'm somewhere and I'm just like, it's deathly hot, I can, I cannot go out there. I, I won't do it. So I always have the best intentions to celebrate it, but it never happens. I'm truly just an inside kid. Like, I don't know what to say. All of my friends would be like outside in like their little leagues. I mean, I, I went to ballet class too, another inside thing. I'll make friends would be like playing soccer during the summer and going to little league and like chasing butterflies or whatever. And I'd be inside like watching Arthur with a book. Like I cannot go out there. I don't know about that. It's dirty and it's hot. I'm not doing it. Okay. So, and then uh, do you work with gods as well as goddesses? I do not work with gods. Uh, nothing against them. Just not have ever called to me. And also I don't necessarily feel like I need to because the goddesses carry male and female energy. and other energy. If you ask me, I don't think it's just a binary. Um, and also I just don't necessarily 
know how I feel about male energy and wanting to have like a God involved in my practice. I am such a feminist, as you know. I am so pro-woman, as you know. I'm obsessed with being a woman. It is my favorite thing in the world. I really revel in my own feminine energy. I'm extremely feminine. Um, and I just don't know if I always welcome male energy into my life in any way. I can, and I don't want to like generalize or be offensive at all, but I do find that like the stereotypical aspects of male energy where it can be more aggressive, it can be more um, overbearing, it can be more kind of like taking over, if that makes sense. I don't want to invite that in. So I don't think they're really bothering with me and I'm just not really bothering at them. The male energy that is in my life and in my practice are the archangels. Cause I said, um, like I've told you a thousand million times, Michael and Gabriel, although Gabriel, there is some discussion now if Gabriel is non-binary or a woman in fact. Um, but I consider him a man. He appears to me as a man. So those are the male energies around me, but yeah, I haven't worked with any gods and I, I don't see myself doing them, doing it unless one of them shows up and is like, I'm here. Like, this is why I'm here. And this is what I have for you. And this is why, you know, I, you should incorporate me. Not that they, I'm making it sound like they need to like pass an interview. <laughs> no, but just like, this is what I'm adding. And this is what I'm offering. And this is how we're aligned. And maybe, maybe there is a God or, or a, a pantheon of gods that have been in my background the whole time. And I just have not realized it yet. But I, I really, revel in my feminine energy and I love being surrounded and supported by feminine energy. And so that's why I have aligned myself so strongly with the goddesses. And really they picked me as well. And I've told you all the story about like, like getting my cards for the first time. And, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't deal with gods, the male energy or angels around me and my ancestors and, you know, um, all that. But yeah, I don't work with, I work with goddesses cause feminism. <laughs> but I mean, but feminism isn't, you know, just about that obviously, but I, I am like, deep into all things womanhood. So that's why I feel like I'm just more comfortable with them. That might be the right word. I'm it's it's a comfort thing. And I am comfortable with women more than I'm comfortable with men. So yeah. Um, if you've never ever had a connection with a god or goddess because of religious beliefs as a child, how do you know as an adult? How do you now as an adult navigate finding what entities may want to connect with you? I'm lost. I find that they will come to you. That could be a different experience than other people have had. I'm not saying I'm necessarily right, but I find that they will make themselves known. They may leave you a symbol on the ground that you, like, um, this is just an example that came to my mind, but if you find yourself finding, like, a lot of pennies, or if you find yourself, um, it's like the connection is the copper, you know, or if you find yourself being surrounded by certain butterflies, you know, it might be say it might be butterfly maiden showing up and saying like, I'm trying to be present in your life or just things like that. Like notice repetitions, notice themes, notice things that seem to be following through the life, notice things that will not let themselves be ignored. And I think that is your God or your God is trying to make a connection to you. They, I find that they come to you. You may dream about them. Um, that's, and this isn't a, a God or a goddess, but Gabriel came to me during a meditation. That is how I first found out that he, I mean, I knew he'd been there my whole life. I had thought of my whole life. That's the first time I knew who he was. And, um, he was just, I was in a guided meditation and he stood behind me. We we're in a cave and he stood behind me and he said his name and I was like, Oh, okay. That's you. I always knew, <laughs> I knew something was going on. So it could be that you, it could be that they appear to you and they let you know. I, I don't, you know, in witchcraft, it's like, we do have to do the work, right? 
it's a practice. It's a lot of work that we do do, but a lot of it is natural. A lot of it just comes to us. A lot of it is just within us already. And it's that if we are ready to be open to it and to open our eyes and to be receptive and to not be fearful of our own abilities and the possibilities of what is out there outside of the things that we know and feel and people have told us that is real and the only truth that there is, then the whole the whole universe opens up, you know? So I would look for signs and symbols because I am pretty confident they are trying to contact you and aren't waiting for you to contact them. That doesn't mean you can't establish a bond or a connection with a god or a goddess if you feel like you need their guidance, their protection, or to, to dwell in the realm of what they deal with. But if they're the ones that are aligned with you and the ones that have been kind of watching you and being with you this whole time and you just, you know, haven't known yet, uh, they'll make themselves known. They, whew, they're persistent. That's why I said when I get the cards out and they start yelling at me, I'm like, I know you guys are never wrong, but do you have to yell so loud? <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I think, I think that, you know what you could also do? Um, you could actually try to communicate if you have like a sneaking suspicion. Uh, like if you want to leave something out, you could say something like, could you, um, move this if you are present and you are trying to connect to me? Or if you, you know, want to go try some meditation and do some free form writing and see if anything gets scribbles out of you that will make sense or like give you a name, that's something you could try. Uh, just make sure that you do protect yourself when you're doing that because, you know, once we're open, we're open. And it's not always the good stuff that's just trying to communicate with us. But yeah, I would... I would say specifically, like, if you're thinking that Aphrodite is trying to connect with you, I would pull out, like, I don't know, maybe you have, like, a little, you know what, you could do with the crystal. I would pull out a rose quartz because she's so aligned with, you know, like, love and sex and those things. And I would maybe ask her to move it somewhere, move it under my pillow or move it to the bathtub or move it to the sink or something just to let me know if that's who is trying to connect to me. And if nothing happens, then maybe it's not her. Maybe you were feeling the wrong thing. But, um... Yeah, I might try something like that. Just make sure you protect yourself because uh, there are tricksters and pranksters amongst us and they will take any opportunity they can. And yeah, I might try to do just like the blind writing things if you're meditating and see what messages come through. But if you also feel like you are connected to a certain deity, then you probably are. It's, there, there's, there's a reason for everything in witchcraft. You know, like I have always been so attracted to... Um, candle magic because that is where I thrive. It's no coincidence that I've always been really into the candle thing. I didn't just was like, Oh, let me just try candles. I was like, I'm obsessed with this. And it's because that is my gift. So, you know, if you're feeling that there's a connection there, it's for a reason. Okay. Um, did I read that one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it true that you must sacrifice or make an offering to the gods when you pray request and uh, pray slash request a wish last manifestation is owned a god that can be trusted? I have a very scary story to tell about this. Uh, I would like to hear the story if you have it. I won't share it if you don't want me to, but um, it might help me either me be able to give you a little more background or I could help you find a resource to do that. I do not deal with Odin. Um, I don't deal with gods, like I said, so I don't know necessarily they're they're really not in my wheelhouse at all I can tell you everything about the goddesses but I just I don't deal with that masculine energy um so about the sacrifice and the offerings uh I think it depends on who you're working with because there are definitely times where I have called on the a particular goddess for a particular thing and they have come through and I have not made an offering 
But, you know, the whole idea of us having altars and having shrines, but particularly shrines, is so we are able to establish that connection and do the offerings and the sacrifices if need be. If that is what they are asking for, if that is what they require and that is what they demand, then yeah, you do have to go through it. Um, it really depends on the person. I know there are certain, and I don't want to say any names because I am not that well, well knowledge. Is that a word? I'm not that knowledgeable about it or um, have done the research myself, but in having conversations with other witches, especially like brujas, I know that there are deities they deal with where you have to go through like major sacrifices and then you are with that deity. And maybe that's why I don't necessarily do like the, I don't do like the physical offerings or gifts a lot. I do like the offering of like my gratitude and my grace towards that deity when I'm asking for things like just showing appreciation and, you know, showing like honoring them, if that makes sense. But I know like in other, other like sex, set, sets, sex, sets of, of gods and goddesses, they do really want an offering. They want you to show their allegiance. And when you are bound to them, you are bound to them. And that might be the difference is because I am not bound to any of them. I have not made the decision to like align myself with one God or goddess and they haven't showed themselves to me to be like, you need to do this with me. So that's why I haven't practiced that as much, but I, I have heard in conversation, I can't say for a hundred percent fact, even who or which I know like in my mind kind of, but I don't want to say it out loud if it's wrong and you know, say anything disrespectful, but there are, there are gods and goddesses or deities or entities that when you go through this thing, you have to make big sacrifices and you have to make these big gestures. And once you do it, you, they really are, you really are bound, you know, and, um, it can be good or bad. Like you can't break that once it's there, it's there. I'm going to, there's, there was a group where we were all discussing it once and I was really interested in it, not necessarily to do it myself, but just to learn another facet and to be more educated about it when I am dealing with magic. I'm going to try to go back and look it up. And if I can find the people I was talking about it with, I'm going to see if they can kind of help me out so I can share in a better capacity than that. Um, so yeah, it depends. It depends on who you're practicing, who you're working with. It depends on what they want. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. But I would tread with caution because there are certain things that can't be taken back. That makes sense. Um, I hope that made sense. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, 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 da. But yeah, uh, if you want to share that Odin story, let me know. I, I'm not a big help with that kind of thing, but maybe I can help you find a resource. Uh, also, does it matter which gods you choose or is or is it important to have a possible ancestral connection with the God's background origin? I don't think so. Because some of the, one of the goddesses that I am most aligned with in this world is Lakshmi. And I am not Indian or Hindu in any capacity sense of the word. I, I think even in past lives, I have not been from what I've done the research on so far. Um, but I don't know. We just connected from the first time I opened that deck. Like even right now, just thinking about her, she's like, filling my body with like radiant gold and sunshine and she's making me so happy and I can oh I just say her name and she's there she's so amazing but this isn't about Lakshmi but I do love her um and maybe our connection that I have you know speaking about how you can you tell which gods and goddesses are with you I have always been obsessed with elephants I I would die for them like I love them so much if there's some way that I could you know, become a millionaire or a billionaire, I would use most of my money on conservation for elephants because I 
think they are the most magical, spiritual, beautiful, intelligent, gorgeous, gracious, uh, mind-blowing animals on this planet. I mean, like, no disrespect to other animals because I would literally die for any animal at this point. I'm obsessed with all of them. But but elephants have always meant something in particular to me. And I, I mean, I'll just burst into tears if I keep talking about them. And that is one of her symbols. And so I think that was a connection for us going back to that other question. But yeah, she's not, um, I have no, I have no lineage that would be in her, her culture, but I don't know. She's been there for me since the day. I, I mean, she's probably been there for me forever, but I discovered she was there for me when I got my goddess deck and we've just, it's just been kismet. I love her so much. Um, but at the same time, I think you definitely will have more of a connection with any deity that is connected to your background. I'm not saying more of a connection, but I think it might be an easier connection to make or they may be more present because it is something that is intrinsic to who you are as a person. I, this is something I've been wanting to something I've wanted to delve into myself because being from South Louisiana, being Creole and also on my dad's side, having a Seminole Indian ancestry, I know that there are deities there that have probably been like, I, I always tell you that image of someone like knocking on the door or being like pressed against a screen and they're trying to push through and they're trying to get to me. And sometimes I feel like it's bad energy, so I don't let it in. But sometimes I do wonder if it's gods and goddesses that are attached to like my Jamaican heritage or my Caribbean ancestry and also my like Seminole ancestry. And then also my African ancestry, which is a whole other pantheon of like these most amazing deities and spirits. And so it's something that I really need to look into myself. I know that I have connected with certain ones. They have, none of them happen to be from my cultural backgrounds, except for my obsession with Marie Laveau, who I do tell people I'm descended from, or I did for a very long time. <laughs> it's not true, but there is definitely a huge connection there with her. Um, and I also wonder, let me, let me not start with that, but yeah, I do. I mean, I think you're, I think it does play into something because there is already that automatic similarity in that line. Right. But it doesn't have to only be those gods and goddesses is what I'm trying to say. It, it's just whoever is there, you know, and whatever reason that connection is there, is there like, you know, oh, oh gosh, I just, I just thought about Lakshmi again and how she showed herself to me in Bali. And I was like, this is so amazing. I knew it. But, uh, yeah, it's, I, and if you haven't really found the ones that you're aligned with, I would maybe start with your background and see who speaks up from there. And then again, look for the signs, look for the symbols. It's okay to ask. So it's an ongoing process and I don't feel like the same deities are always with us. I think that they swap out. I think some come when you need them and some go away. And it really depends on what stage of life you're in and in your practice and your development as a witch and as a person. So you don't, there's no, what I'm trying to say is there's no like 100% right answer. This is the one you will find that it's something that shifts as, as that's what I believe. Um, okay. Do you ever feel like it's impossible to make any time, but sorry, do you ever feel like it's impossible to make any time or make any progress with your craft? How do you give that time to yourself? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have any time. Honestly, I, I don't, I am like, I say bad witch for a reason. I'm a bad witch. I do not have time. I have not switched on my altar since that one. I haven't done like a proper spell or ritual in a couple of months. I just don't have time for it. And it's something that I need to be cognizant of it. I will say the only like saving grace for me in that is that I do this podcast. So it is uh, about 
four or five hours a week that I dedicate to, if it's not just my personal practice, it is to the topic of witchcraft. It is in encouraging witchcraft. It is, you know, spreading knowledge about witchcraft or having discussions about it. And you know what? I think being in the Facebook group does count for that. I think that even if you don't have time to sit down and do X, Y, Z every single day, every single week, every single month, engaging in that group and being a part of that does count. It's like witchcraft bonus points and practice points, I think. But yeah, for me, doing this podcast probably takes up the chunk of time that I would be able to dedicate to it. It's something I need to get better about. I'm too busy and that's not okay. And we're all too busy and that's not okay. And it's really easy to say if something is important to you, then you make time for it. But like, when will I make time? When? It doesn't mean it's not important to me, but like, what time do we, any of us have? We're all drowning, drowning under capitalism. Like, when are we supposed to have time to do this? Um, and yeah, so there's times where I definitely feel like I'm stagnant and I should be beyond where I am. What I have found, and I meant to bring this up in the past couple of weeks, is that I think my powers, my magic progresses on its own and then I kind of figure out what to do with it. Like, I've told y'all about the 30th birthday, like things just started to kind of happen there's something that's happened since 2020 has kicked off where I feel like my magic is getting a lot sharper and I'm starting to get like powers. Like I know that's crazy, but I, and I, I'm careful using that word in like other episodes, you know, but I feel like I'm starting to get powers. Like every time recently that I've gone to drop something, which is almost daily (laughs) because I am really clumsy. Um, it's like my brain will send this command and then I'll catch it immediately. I don't have reflexes like that. My reflexes are nothing. I drop my phone on my face constantly, (laughs) but I feel like, I don't know, it's really hard to explain. I feel like it's a power that's coming in though, where I can direct things with my mind. And I'm, it's not even that I'm telling myself to catch it. It's like, I'm telling the thing to stop and it stops. It's been really strange. So yeah, I feel like my craft and my practice my abilities progress on their own. And then I just try to cope with it the best way that I can. And so I feel pretty fortunate for that because I don't feel so stagnant all the time. But there's definitely periods where I'm like, I feel like my magic isn't working. And it's like, the okay, the St. Agnes Eve is a really good um, uh, uh, example of that. It I, I don't, I'm not doubting my magic because of it. But I was, I am kind of feeling like, you know, if I would have done this, like exactly the way that I was told to do it, or if I would have been practicing going up to it and if I would have done certain things on the days, you know, getting there, that maybe it would have worked out a little bit better. But then again, maybe it just did what it needed to do because I needed that to happen. But yeah, there's definitely times where I feel stagnant and um, that I'm not making any progress at all. And then some, I will naturally have progress happen to me and then I figure it out from there. So uh, yeah, it's hard to make time. This This is my time doing it. So maybe... You know, it's, it's two ways. So if this is my time doing it, then this is your time doing it too, because you're taking it in. So I think that counts for something, right? Uh, basically I just don't want us to be hard on ourselves because it's hard to make time for anything, including just like eating and breathing. So yeah, podcast counts. Okay. This is the last one I'm going to do so we can wrap it at uh, an hour and a half. And then I will finish the next questions next week. And I really like this one because it's light and easy and breezy. And it's something I love talking about. So what are some of your favorite scents? Food, perfume, flowers, oils, anything. Oh, I can talk about this all day. Okay, so I love lavender. That is my number one top favorite. My phone is lavender. If it was lavender and scented, I'd be even happier. Um, and lavender is one of my favorite flavors. I am one of those people who can't eat cilantro because it tastes like salt, uh, not salt, soap to me. Ugh, it tastes terrible. 
but lavender, I could eat it all day. And it does have kind of a soapy taste, which I'm like, <laughs> what's going on with my taste buds over here? Why are they being so crazy? But I don't know. I can't stand cilantro. I love lavender. Lavender hot chocolate, lavender cookies, lavender lemonade, I, lavender tea. I bought, I buy a lot of tea. I have like a tea problem. I'm going to be, I'm going to walk in my truth and let y'all know. I will just buy tea anytime I ever go to the store and I have like 20 boxes that are half used. Um, but I haven't found a good lavender tea that literally tastes like it. It always has just like an essence, an air of lavender. So if you have any good lavender tea recommendations, let me know. Cause I'm obsessed with it. Um, I go through phases with smells. So right now I'm really into bergamot, anything really earthy, uh, a sandalwood, a cedar. I love those. I was going through a big like um, lemon, lemongrass phase recently. I was really into just citrus. I don't know what I was going through. Uh, patchouli is always a favorite, although patchouli can get really overwhelming. And so I have to take breaks from using it or wearing it. God, bergamot. That one is like re resonating in my mind right now. I love bergamot so much. I also love the name bergamot. It's really fun to say. <laughs> I love rose. Um, floral scents, aside from lavender, I find that they can be kind of really sweet and irritating sometimes or too faint. So they're not always my favorite. I love an herb. I love rosemary. I cook with rosemary a lot. I never cut it up finely enough. So everyone has to end up spitting it out. But <laughs> even like a basil, I'm really into like into earthy. I'm going through an earthy phase right now. So yeah. Um, anything that smells like the sea, which I haven't found one good scent that has that sea salty airness to it and that watery scent. So if you know something like that, please recommend it to me. Um, I'm allergic to perfume. I think I've said that a bunch of times. So I will wear oils if they don't mess with me too much. Other flowers. Um, you know, it's really funny. I don't really smell clover. I do really like clover. I grew up around clover, so it has kind of a sentimental meaning to me. I don't really, um, think of flowers for the smell. I think of them for the look, if that makes sense. So I love, um, what, where does ranunculus, ranicles, y'all help me. You know what I'm talking about? Or um, peonies, I love them. I have no clue what they smell like. I couldn't tell you, but I love the way they look. Oh, but I do love the way that magnolia smells because I grew up in Louisiana and it smells divine. I love that. And I there's this specific like honey kind of smell to Louisiana, like when you're not in the city and it smells so amazing. Um, I do like honey. I like honeysuckle. Uh, yeah, but flowers, I'm more like, oh, I aesthetically think that flower is really pretty. I can't tell the difference of the smells really. <laughs> And then food. Uh, I don't know what food smells I really like. I do I do like the smell of olive oil. And I cook with it a lot. Well, I don't cook with it a lot, but I make a lot of salads from being in um, Greece. Like, I go to Greece a lot. And so I learned how to make really good Greek salads, which <laughs> I know salads are so difficult. But <laughs> I love the way olive oil smells. And I always put thyme and dill. I love dill. I've talked about that endlessly. That's one of my favorite things to eat. Um, I just ate, like, a jar of pickles last night at midnight because that is my fetish. <laughs> But I love the way it smells too. But yeah, olive oil, I like the way a lot of cheeses smell. Is that weird? I think it's just because I love cheese so much. I love fresh baked bread. Oh my God. It's like, it's like the best smell on earth. And then um, I hate the way fresh cut grass smells. So <laughs> those are all of my preferences. I really have a vendetta about like grass and going outside as y'all know. So yeah, I hate fresh cut grass. It, nothing sends my allergies and overload like that too. So, okay, we're going to wrap it up there. And then I will finish out the next questions next week. And then I'll try to do Medusa all in there. So uh, it'll probably be a long episode. Duh, what else is new? Okay, I am getting this out to you on Wednesday. I'm so glad. We're finally on Apple. 
we're all set. We're on Anchor. It's the best news possible. I'm dropping the other episode that went off today too. Um, what else? I gonna, I'm gonna do a crystal this week because we didn't really talk about a specific topic. I will put one in for Medusa. Um, okay, so yeah, the Bowage Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. Um, the Facebook group, the answer is the craft. If oh, I went in and I just I don't want to say I rejected a bunch of people. That sounds terrible, but I declined a bunch of people because there was no answer at all. So if you did request, that doesn't mean you can't join the group. It just means please go back in and answer it. And I will let you write in. I promise. Um, for merch, there's the Teespring link. I will put it in uh, the description. Oh, and by the way, there's been a bunch of Teespring sales. I don't know exactly who did it because I can't see the order by name. But thank you so much. That's awesome. I, I opened it, you know, just checking. And I expect it to just be like zero, whatever. It's after the holidays and there's not that much going on. And there are so many sales. That's amazing. Y'all, I was so excited. Um, a lot of hoodies going out, which I think now that the cold water is like kicking our asses, everyone wants to get there. So that, thank you so much for that. And, um, patreon.com slash bad witch and everything is listed. If you want shout outs, goddess cards, um, your yes, no question, uh, full readings, witchy mail, it's all there. You can learn all about it. It's not too complicated. I promise. And I think that's it. So yeah, we'll finish up our questions next week. We're on anchor fully. I am putting this out on Wednesday. I'm so glad I didn't have to delay it too long until next week. I love you all. Blessed be and goodbye.